Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over the Ball, the 10-minute World Cup, which is never 10 minutes, World Cup recount. Uh, I'm here with Chris Shamides and former U.S. Men's National Team player, a friend of mine also. He, now he's at uh, FC Cincinnati, Dominic Kinnear. Dominic, uh, what do you think? Uh, 0-0 tie with England? Is it like kissing your cousin, or do we take it? Maybe kissing your cousin with, who has bad teeth. Uh, yeah, and, and big ears and big yeah. ears. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Are we more uh, excited about the way we played or more disappointed about the way that England played? That's a great question. Cause I see yeah. that. Yeah. I thought England were, I thought England were average. Mm-hmm. I thought their substitutions were late and uninspiring. And, um, but on the other side of it, the results probably fair. And that right. leads to a very interesting last game against Iran for our, for our guys. My criticism of England is the, the earlier teams have always played not to lose because of the pressure of the country or whatever happens. But I thought they just sort of were in the neutral zone today. A lot of negative uh, neutral sort of passing playing. So um, I thought the U.S. kind of had the better of the play, believe it or not. Uh, and I, I really thought, you know, it's interesting, Matt Turner, when – you know, you might be wanted to run the clock out. He was throwing the ball out, trying to – they were going for it, man, which i like to see. Chris, what did you think? Yeah, same thoughts. I thought the USA had a, really put their best effort out there, and, and I thought they took chances to try to get goals. I thought England, I was disappointed with their performance. Obviously happy with as a U.S. fan. But, I mean, on a right. scale of 1 to 10, I don't know. That's a 3 or 4 for them. They could certainly play a lot better, but it was great for the U.S. and just leaves you feeling like, ah, it would have been nice to have three points. Yeah, I think, you know, Dominic, to your point, uh, England seemed to be just sort of floating along. Yeah, I mean, the Eng- the American fans are wondering where Gio Reyna is. And as a, you know, as a soccer fan, I was wondering, where is Phil Foden during this right, game? Right, right. You know? and, and I think the thing is, it was easy to take off Harry Kane with a 3-4 goal lead in the last game or whatever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. I think in this game, it was a little bit more difficult and you have to manage the personalities to take Harry Kane off. But then again, you think about most of the time, Harry King was picking the ball 45 yards from goal, you know, laying it off. And there was really no threat. I mean, the only chance they really had was, you know, Matt Turner makes a real good save on. I think it was Mason Mount who had the chance from outside the box. Right. Yeah. But other than that, it was pretty toothless. Um, the U.S. had the better of the chances. I mean, they didn't hit the target as, as much as they probably could. You know, McKinney has a real good look in the first half. And obviously the crossbar with Pulisic was probably the two best moments for the U.S. They had better possession. I thought they looked more up for it. And almost England, I thought maybe it was going to be either a cruise or they think four points going into Wales is going to be good enough for them, which I think it will be. I'm not really too impressed by Wales at this point. You know, right. but um, like Chris said, I mean, it, it would have been nice to have gotten a goal. And then I think maybe we would have seen the best of England. Maybe, maybe not. But um, yeah, it's at two points out of two games. Obviously, you're, you, you go back to the Wales game. And I think everybody's wanting more out of this. But I still think walking off the field, uh, we probably want more out of that. The only thing I will say was the last play of the game. It's it's a free kick with time running down, and it was a little bit it was a little bit kind of you know mysterious to think okay we're playing the ball in the corner for Gio Reyna, and it was almost like okay we're looking forward to playing against Iran, which is great, you know. But I think maybe at that particular time, you know, just take a chance by floating the ball into the box. Yeah, which we don't normally do. I get that, 
but maybe just do it because you know that it's the last kick of the ball anyways. Yeah, and England would have gone for it, certainly, in that situation. So, um, you you know, talk about in England's mentality, where their heads were at. I kind of got, hey, we're safe. We're in the driver's seat. Let's cruise. And I think that that kind of that kind of came across. Now, that's not a good sign, I think, for them moving ahead. Um, and then I thought the United States continued to to move forward. I I was pleased with that. Uh, so let's go back to Gio Reyna and uh, Brendan Aronson and what uh, both of you guys as coach Chris and Dominic. What are your thoughts on that? Because Gio Reyna is a game changer. He really is, uh, and yet he has not been utilized in two games. I almost felt like tonight. Coach Berhalter was sort of saying, like, yeah, uh, he's still not in. After all the pressure you guys give me about not starting him and not playing him, he still doesn't get into, what, the 75th minute or so? I, I think it yeah, might have been like that. I think you were yeah. talking like 82, 83. Yeah, correct. You know? yeah. And, the, the, you know, for the time. And, and, and who knows what's going on because we're not involved in the camp. My right. only thing is – when he's healthy, he's a starter for this team. That's my uh, personal opinion. So right. he has to be struggling with something uh, to, to see his his actions so limited. Um, hopefully we'll see more of him, you know, going into the Iran game. But, um, yeah, I think it was a late substitution. I think as the game was going on, you see Aronson going in, uh, you see Sargent going in, and you're kind of going, okay, and everyone's kind of waiting. It's become a talking point, maybe a little bit too much of a talking point right? Uh, up to this, but – he is, like you said, Kevin, he is a game changer. The guy's a wonderful young player. Um, yeah. And I think everybody's just going, where is he? And I think, the, you know, Greg maybe hasn't fully said what's going on because maybe he's more hurt than than, than maybe people know. Um, so, but it, it's unfortunate because you want your best players out in the field. And, and like I said before, I think if he's healthy, he's, I think, in my opinion, he's in the eleven. Here's my take on it. And you guys are the coaches, so let me know what you think of this. I see Giorena and Aronson starting in the next game. Chris? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see that. I think we're all as fans want to see Reyna play. I mean, I, the part that still doesn't make sense to me, and, and Dom talks about it, is if you're getting in in the 82nd minute, well, if he's not quite right physically, then don't even bother. You know, what is right. 8 to 10 minutes going to probably give him, you know, in, in terms of the risk of it all versus saving it versus Iran. So I'm just confused by how they've handled him. Everything else to me has made a lot of sense. But if you're just seeing the game out, you can't expect too much of Sargent and Reyna at that point. Obviously, they're playing with two yeah. today, so it's different where they're playing kind of narrow and too high. Um, but it's an odd situation to put him in for just those minutes. Having said that, who else would you put in? I'm not so sure you'd give Jordan Morris that shift, for example. He's more of a wider player. So it's a little. that part was the only part that was a little confusing to me. Um, but Aronson in the midfield, I have a lot of time for him. I mean, whether he plays up top or in the midfield, I like to have him on the field. Yeah, they had her deeper. Uh, Dominic, what do you think? Yeah, I th it, it also becomes sacrifice. Who are you sacrificing for these players? You know, because the middle three are pretty solid. I, I love the Musa guy. He's probably yeah. in the world up here. He doesn't look out of place, and he's very comfortable on the ball, and he gets you out of tight situations. So if you want to go Aronson, you got to play him high and wide, or you got to either sacrifice uh, McKinney or Musa, which I don't think is probably the right call because I think those three in the midfield, it's, it's, a, right. it's a good triangle of players in there. You know, I have a, like like Chris. I have a lot of time for Aronson. He's daring. He's running. He's pressuring. You know, he kind of fits the the way that you know Greg wants his team to play, especially with the counter press. But on the other side, it's okay. Okay, who are you dropping? You know, do you put maybe put Waya through the middle again, and then play Aronson out wide right to get him on the field to kind of get your best guys? Um, so it's it's almost a point of you know you put yourself in Greg's mind 
which you know is, is difficult to do because we, like I said before, we're not in camp with those guys. Um, but I think it's it is one of those. If you want Aronson to play in the midfield, now you're making a sacrifice of three of your better guys. So maybe you just kind of move them a little bit higher and wider, and then sacrifice somebody else closer to goal. Yeah, that's yeah. something dumb that that you know I've brought up before. And I'm curious what your thoughts would be. Is like, and, and I know Greg is kind of committed to a true nine, but if you want to put you know, a, a pretty, you know, diverse group out there. Could you have Aronson, whether you want to call him a false nine or not, but Aronson out there with a, like a Reina wide or a Wea wide with a pool of sick wide and not play with a traditional nine? Yeah, it, it's possible to do. Um, but I think that one of the things we can look at now is where the goal is coming from. And that was the, that was the question going into the, to the tournament, you know, of, Okay, we're not uh, bringing in, say, you know, Brandon Vasquez or or Pfock, who who are really more. I know that Haji Wright made the made the roster and played today, um, but I do think the maybe going into this is okay. Our our chances are coming from outside the box, and we have, like I said, they're 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 all similar, but they're all great players. You know, Reina, Pulisic, um, Aronson, you know, little guys who are kind of moving around, you know, causing problems and outside outside the box. But sooner or later, when the ball does get wide, you're going to need a presence in the, in the box, you know, with, with a true number nine. Um, if if you because in the end, let's be honest, all nations, all teams defend the middle, so they give you the wide, so that you know the attack sooner or later sometimes is going to, you know, be targeted that way or be pushed that way. So uh, yeah, I, I, if you want to get your best players in the field, and and I'm with Chris a little bit, is then you don't play Haji right. And you don't play uh, Josh Sargent. You know, you put your best guys on there, and it almost becomes a, a number nine by committee, um, which at times I think would be against England. I think is difficult because their center backs are very good. Now against Iran, I think you might be, have that flexibility to kind of push and pull them around, and I think it will cause some problems for them. Meaning with Iran, you would put smaller, sort of smaller, more diverse players as opposed to the the bigger number nines. Well, I, I just go to the point of kind of getting your best players on the field all at right. the same time, you know. And if you want Aronson to play, you know, where's he going to play? Now you can, like, like he was saying, Pulisic and Wea, Reina, Aronson. Now you have three positions for four guys, unless you want to sacrifice, or you can go to three at the back, you know. And then it makes right. it a little, you know, you can maybe go to a three-five-two where you know it's it's a little bit. But then he hasn't played that a lot uh, in in the upcoming games. Right. So you don't really right. want to go with something completely new when your, you know, your World Cup life is on the line. But I think, uh, and let's be honest, I mean, you know, who is the best number nine for the U.S.? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. Good right question. Now. Yeah, good question. You know, yeah. I don't think it has, it has, it doesn't have an answer. You have to think about it. And then you have to kind of go, okay, would this guy be the best number nine here? So, um, and, and Wea has done it, obviously going through the middle at times. Now you could have guys mm -hmm. be a little bit more narrow uh, with Polishik, Reina, or, or Aronson a little bit more narrow. And now you get your your wide fullbacks going into the attack, which really are Robinson and, and Sergio Des best attributes anyways. You know? Right. So, um, yeah, I, th I think you can get away with that. I mean, we need goals, you know, they, they, they need. Yeah. To okay, you know? Guys, talk about Haji, Wright. What, what's the, what's the thinking coaching wise with Haji, Wright uh, starting tonight? I thought that was a bit of a surprise to, for me. I mean, I guess Chris. it was just the physical presence, you know, he's, yeah. he's got, he's got height, he's got pace and he can occupy the center backs and allow them to still play within their game model. That would be my guess. It's just tough because he hasn't played a lot for, with the first team. Um, and so it's difficult for everyone on the field. It sounds like he's a good locker room guy, but it's really hard in a big game to put in someone you haven't played with a lot and expect the the flow to happen, you know? And I think you saw that there's times when Pulisic has the ball and, you know, Haji doesn't know, am I coming to, to help you and show, or am I supposed to fade out? You know, there's little moments there that seem to be 
just team that's not played in in that sense. All right, so let's talk moving forward. We got two points, two games. Uh, we need a win, right? We need a win against Iran. Um, what are the tactics? Dominic, you spoke a little bit about it, perhaps doing a smaller, quicker, you know, best 11 on the pitch. Um, Chris, what do you think? Well, it's going to be interesting because Iran is super motivated for this one too. It's not like it's just us. Like they really needed it as well. Uh, and we can't tie, right? Like we have to win. So, you know, balls in our court to be, uh, as dangerous as we can be and have as many of those attacking pieces on the field as possible, in my opinion, and not get too cute with it, you know, play the way you've been playing, but at the same time, put your most talented people on the field. So it'd be interesting to see what choices Greg makes in that sense. Dom? 2-0 USA is my prediction. <laughs> like it. Going, uh, one goal in the first half and then one goal very, very late um, as Iran are chasing the game. And I will say, Iran, I actually was up. Uh, I'm in California at the moment. And I was up for Wales versus Iran, and Iran almost played into uh, sorry Wales pretty much played into Iran's hands, especially late in the game, red card or not, they were a little bit reckless. And but that's the beauty of this World Cup, and, and I like the point the, the point that there's no third place teams anymore. You're either the top two and you're going, and then these th- these third games of the tournament are going to be wonderful. There's going to be some great drama. Yeah, there's going to be some wide open spaces to attack. But I just think the U.S. is is too good. For Iran, I thought they had a nightmare against England. They had a better game, as Chris said, hugely motivated. It's not going to be easy, but I just think that the U.S. is going to pip this. It's going to be one going into the 80th minute, and then we'll be two nothing walking off the field. Everyone celebrating. That's a very specific prediction. I like it, Dominic. And also, I don't, I don't think you went to bed. I think when you say you're on the West Coast, it's like you were still up, dude. Well, I had I had so much food at Thanksgiving last night. <laughs> I don't normally normally eat like red meat and stuff, and I had the meat shakes at about two o'clock in the morning. Just was waking up with like all this food kind of running through my veins, and I thought to myself, like, well, I think there's a game on here, you know. So I actually got up and I watched it, and it's uh, and obviously you know, and then during the game they're going perfect result for USA zero zero perfect result for the states. Oh, game. I know. And I was thinking the same thing, and all of a sudden the red card, and then things just fell apart, and the Iranians were going crazy, you know, and. It was uh, it was good drama, you know, and, and and I did enjoy that. Where you know the game today, there was no drama at all. There wasn't even a yellow card. No, uh, so sedate today. Uh, it was really odd. Uh, and you know, I remember being in France in 1998 when we played Iran. I was at that stadium. I forget it was in Nantes or wherever it was, but um, it we were going through some sort of political turmoil then. And I always feel bad for the Iranian players. It's like. There's so much political stuff, them not singing the national anthem with all the stuff that's going on there now, the protests and everything. They arrested one of their former players today. So, you know, my heart's with the Iranian players. So it was, it was nice to see them get a win today. Uh, I want to see them get it beat up badly um, on Tuesday. It's just that's my feeling. Guys, predictions for the game. Uh, Dominic's got 2-0, uh, one first half goal, one second uh, in the 80th minute. Uh, Shabbaties, what's your call? I'll go 0 0 at halftime, 3 0 USA in the end. Oh, wow. I like it. You know, it's funny, guys. You know, the World Cup people play much more sedate that first half. It's funny. It's almost like they're just trying to feel each other out. And um, so that could work too. I'm going to go 1 0 USA. And uh, I'm generally right, which is why I'm the host of this show. And you two are mere peons. <laughs> Just <laughs> drafting off my wings. You're like my wingman. Uh, so, hey, man, Dominic, it was great to talk to you, uh, you know, uh, with this game. I, I hope you can jump on with us again. 
um, as we do these supposedly 10 minute uh, podcasts, but they're all turning into be 15, 20 minutes because we're shooting the shit, having a couple cocktails. I think uh, you sound like you've had more than a couple cocktails, Dominic. And um, three for me is, is quite a lot. So I had three, if you could, I'm not going to brag, at three Michelob right. Ultra. So I almost had like three uh, iced teas, more. What did your What did your husband have? My, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm telling you guys, three beers for me now. I went out. I went out drinking when I was younger. I'd be like, "What'd you do last night? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Three yeah, beers." Yeah. And so, Chris, yeah. what are you doing over there in, in in California? What are you doing in Manhattan Beach? Yeah, no, taking the kids out to the park because they've been watching nothing but soccer and stuff. And so now they want to try all the stuff they've seen. So we're going to set up a little goal, have them kick it around. Nothing better. No comment. Okay, there's a couple things better. Uh, one name's Trudy. Uh, no. Uh, guys, great to talk to you. Uh, Iran, Tuesday, big game, man. It all comes down to this. It's one game. So you got to love the World Cup, man. You never know what's going to happen. All these – I hate when it becomes a math problem, but this one's pretty simple. We need a win on Tuesday. Dominic Kinnear, love talking to you, brother. Uh, Chris Shamides, Kevin Flynn here for the Over the Ball podcast. Ten minutes turns into 20. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Download our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.